0: Welcome to the Inspiring Soul Speaker Podcast with David Laws, renowned psychic and spiritual leader. Join David as he shares inspirational and uplifting stories of divine guidance, manifestation and abundance. Share in his path of peace, love and light. Hey, David.
1: Hi. How are you, Bindi? I'm
0: good. I am so excited to join you on this podcast.
1: <laughs> so am I, honey. I can't wait.
0: You know what? The day I met you, I knew you had to do a podcast.
1: That's crazy how you say that because I'm, I remember the first night we met, which yep. was really only weeks ago now. I know. <laughs> and it was just before that that I'd put out to the universe right at the beginning of, you know, January 2020. ...that this is the year that I'd really like to uh, expand on my education... ...teaching people, taking people a little bit about uh, teaching people about the path... ...the journey that I've been on, that I'm on and will be on for the rest of my life. Mm. And I remember putting out there just saying, right guys, I'm going to teach this year and blah, blah, blah... And then two weeks later, I meet you at one of my <laughs> shows. It was just crazy. Yeah,
0: and that was incredible—an incredible experience. I rocked up and I was like, "What's what's this all about?" Anyway, you come in and <laughs> you start reading flowers, and I'm like, "I'm fascinated by this. this. I need to know more." Is
1: this guy on drugs? Is is he from Nimbin?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and I gotta say, um, you know, I have I have experienced psychics before, but. There's no psychic like you, can I just say.
1: Oh, darling, thank you. You got the Um, check in the mail. God love you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You were bang on with everything you said for everyone around the room that night and and you are every night. And I just, wow, the insight that you have and the guidance that you have is just incredible and everything that you projected has happened. Wow. Mm. Wow.
1: Do you know, honey, in all the years I've been privilege to do this work it never ceases to amaze me or to blow me away when people come back sometimes weeks days even months even years later and say David what you Mm. told me on that night so much has come to pass and you're on point with this and that it's very very humbling Mm. it's very humbling to know that I'm tuning into an energy out there in the universe that is available to all of us to tune into Mm. and uh, through the course of the uh, many podcasts that uh, you and I will be doing in future this is a little bit about the path that I'd like to teach people about and take them on, take them mm. on a bit of a journey. And, yeah, it's, it, I, to this day I still think, what, wow, where did that come from and why did I get that image, that word, that thought, you know, mm. but it's just a matter of tuning into
0: that's all it. that
1: is and source energy, which is what, who we are and, and what is a part of everything that's living
0: and it's so cool working with you cuz we both tune into different energies and and reflect back at each other i
1: know and
0: we we you were saying last night or yesterday isn't it great you know working with our team it <laughs> is. which is our spirit team i know
1: <laughs> i know right that's right i mean and we've got a wonderful team and everyone's got a team mm. everyone's got a team that can work with them and i work with my team you work with your mm. team and it's all, it's almost like i'll get your people to speak to my yeah. people <laughs> but in the spiritual form yeah and it's true and yeah. that's how it all comes together yeah so i just uh, i'm just open to the experience and you and i are going to be sharing so much with our listening audience out there guys we can't wait for you to join us on this journey it's going to be so much fun
0: now, uh, for everyone listening, you know, if they haven't heard about you, I don't know where they've been, probably under a rock, but um, <laughs> if um, they haven't heard about the famous flower man David Laws and, and what he's done up to now, can you tell us how you started out in this?
1: Well, darling, it's funny. It's um, One never wakes up in the morning and has a yawn and goes, hmm, what will I do today? Well, I think I'll be a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> the psychic work, it... Well, I mean, pardon the pun, but the flowers picked me; I didn't pick them, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is a journey that uh, that you know, obviously, is a, a part of my life, purpose, and mission. And as I said, from a you know, from an early age, I had no idea that this was what my uh, I suppose my ultimate mission was in life. Mm-hmm. And I had a normal life, in inverted commas. I'm the eldest of four kids, have a beautiful mum and dad, and uh, lived quite an ordinary. Um, you know, fabulous life. When I say fabulous life, just an ordinary family life. I'm very blessed that we had a very loving uh, upbringing. And we still do, of course. But yeah. we, you know, we just we were surrounded by love. Mm. We didn't have an awful lot in life, but you know what? All the things that we that we had are the priceless things. Mm. The love of mum and dad, the support. I was a kid of the '60s. You know that yeah. was a glorious time in the '60s when you know we'd always get home from school and mum was always in the kitchen with a. A batch of Anzac biscuits and you know cakes and things that she'd baked and made, and Dad was the one that had two and three jobs, so yeah. we didn't see much of him, but he was supporting the family and Dad worked hard and mum worked hard raising us kids and you know we just, we just had a we had a really great upbringing in that way
0: so did you know as a kid that you had these psychic abilities
1: it's funny thing Bindi, it's um i can't even remember when when I you know really um, tuned into this work, but I've always been very, very sensitive and mm. always been aware. And <laughs> I can remember my school reports. I've still got them at home <laughs> from when I was a kid, and. Words like David is such a conscientious student, David is <laughs> such a, um, a very peaceful, well behaved student. But they always said he's a dreamer, yeah. <laughs> David's a dreamer. Yeah, and I gotta tell you guys, for those of you that are listening that are dreamers, don't you dare let anyone say to you, Oh, you're a dreamer. Well, dreamers are the people who make things happen in life, and dreams. ...are a part of our life and without a dream there's no life worth living. Mm -hmm. And yes, I will be the first one to stick my hand up and say... ...yes, I was a dreamer and I'm still a dreamer to this day... And I dreamt of doing this, you know, of recording podcasts and reaching out to the world um, and bringing my message to the world in some way. And I didn't know how the hell that was going to happen. I didn't know who, what, why, where I would meet someone that would enable me to do it and look what's happened. Mm. So another dream is coming to pass. So I've been dreaming all my life (laughs) and I will never stop dreaming And I would say to everyone out there, for God's sake, guys, do not stop dreaming. I want your dreams to be bigger, wilder and more colourful than anyone else could ever imagine.
0: And how long have you been doing the psychic work now?
1: Uh, well, I started in the pub last Thursday night. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Vodka was on special, day? No. In all seriousness, honey, see, you'll get used to my humour, guys, through the course of time, you interject with these crazy little things. But the humour is what's kept my life together. But to answer your question about how it all started and when it all started, I guess for me it was probably around uh, in my teens when I started to tune in and feel things and know things about people and mm. I remember... When I was 17 or 18 years of age, I lived in a little country city called Goulburn Mm -hmm. in um, southern New South Wales and uh, up in the uh, southern Highlands, uh, southern Tablelands I should say. And uh, I remember I was 17 or 18 and I decided to join the local theatre group Mm. because I wanted to, you know, express my um, thespian talents (laughs) and things. So my uh, theatrical career lasted about eight and a half minutes I think. And... (laughs) But uh, I look. I joined and did a couple of shows and a little bit of acting work, and it was all amateur theatre. It was a lot of fun. But in that group, I met a lady called Donna, who was not much older than me. She must have been in her early twenties, and she reminded me of Morticia Adams. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yes. She had this milky white skin that was perfect, and she had this long black hair, and she was very mysterious and very, mis- you know, um, very um, intriguing. And we became friends. And one night, she invited me back to her place. And she said, oh, I'll come back home and have a drink. And she said, I read cards. And I went, oh, wow, what, what's all that about? I'd never had, a, I'd never met a psychic, never had a reading. This whole psychic thing just didn't even exist in my realm. Mm. And I'll never forget, we just sat there and we you know, poured ourselves a wine and she spread these tarot cards out and she looked at the cards. I'll never forget. And she went, oh, my God. And I said, what? She went, um, the cards are telling me that you should be doing this work. <laughs> I went, what? And she said, you should be reading me. Not. She said, you've got a gift. I went... Oh, my God, how do you know that? She said, well, the cards are telling me this. She said, David, you've got a gift. I said, oh, wow, so what do I do with the gift? She said, well, sit here and read the cards for me. I said, honey, I can't read cards. I've never seen these things. She said, just sit here and have a bit of a, a laugh and a giggle and tell me what you see. And it was all very, oh, you know, whatever it was, I bumbled and mumbled through something. And we had a laugh and a giggle. But you know what? That lady struck the match. Mm. She struck the match. And it's just like, what is this? So it it sort of intrigued me a little as to what, you know, what it would be and where it would lead me to. Um, And that was about 1979. So that was 41 years ago. I'll never forget. 1979 that was. Yeah. And then it was not long after that that uh, my family and I um, up stumped and we moved to Sydney to live. Dad got transferred with his job and we all decided to move up and uh, and that's when the next – you know, part of my life unfolded.
0: So what? What happened then?
1: <laughs> well, what happened then? I moved up to Campbelltown with uh, mum and dad and uh, my siblings, and uh, I got a job at the David Jones department store. And back in those days, I was twenty years of age, and it was just such a, a healthy on time in my life. It was just so free and easy and fun, and met and worked with a great bunch of people. And as a little bit of a joke, I can't remember how this started but <laughs> I used to sit down at morning tea time and hold people's hands and I would tune into their energy and vibration and really? tell them little messages, yeah. Well, wasn't I hit with the cosmetic girls from the cosmetic department? <laughs> the word got around about this young guy who had just started up in menswear, you've got to go and see that David guy, he reads your hands. And, of course, the girls had come up to me and say, all these beautiful perfume steamrollers looking so immaculate and just beautiful, And they'd come up and say, can we have morning tea with you tomorrow? I said, oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I heard all – you know, you read hands. I said, well, I don't really. Oh, but you do something. So I, would, I was the hit of a morning tea <laughs> session there. I, I, someone would come and sit down. And that's how it all started. Yeah. And, you know, and remember too, Bindi, as you can appreciate and as a lot of the listeners can appreciate, back in 1980 there was no such thing as the internet. It no, didn't I... exist. Mm. We lived in a world of books and if you heard about a book and if somebody gave you a book or if you were lucky enough to meet somebody who knew somebody who could teach you a little bit about this work and I was just this oblivious young kid at the age of 20, you know, a young guy who didn't have a clue what this work was about, how to channel it, how to start and I was sort of bumbling through life and then... I remember a friend gave me a book called "Reaching for the Other Side," mm. and it was written by Dawn and Roland Hill. And that book that became my bible mm. for the spiritual work. And back in those days, it was just I was like a giant sponge on two legs. It's like, oh, what's this all about? And she, you know, Dawn was a, uh, and I believe still is quite a an accomplished uh, medium uh, mm. and a psychic medium. And uh, at the time, her and Roland uh, were living in Sydney, yep. not far from where I was living, and I loved it because it was an Australian story, mm. and it was about a couple of Aussies. And I was just dying to meet this lady one day, and wondered if I ever would, which sadly I haven't. And uh, but just reading her story was so so validating for who I was, how I felt. And the crazy thing about this beautiful work, Bindi, is that, I mean, as I said, being the oldest of four kids, there's no history of this in my family. Mm. So I really had no one to talk to or to, you know, connect with at this level. Yep. When I say at this level, like in this work, not this level, but in this work, Yeah, I thought, well, I've got no one to talk to. I had a few friends, but, mm. um, you know, we will just... They weren't into things like I was and I thought I was was really a little little bit, you know, sort of um, like a little bit of a lost island on my own, you know, when it came to this work. But I just knew there was something within me. I always referred to it as the knowing. And I can remember mum and dad were big entertainers uh, when we were kids and our house was always filled with friends and there were barbecues and… Um, dinner parties. Mum and dad were right into the sp- uh, sporting fraternity back then and uh, they were very keen hockey players and cricket. So we always had the things called progressive dinners back then. Oh, I yeah. can remember progressive yeah. dinners and uh, <coughs> entree at someone's house, main course at someone else's house, dessert at someone else's house, <laughs> tea, coffee and biscuits at someone else's house and always carloads of people would travel around. Progressive dinner parties I'll never forget. And I can remember um, sitting down there with um, you know mum and dad sometimes and I'd... You know, occasionally I'd say something to, to mum or dad about, oh, this person, blah, 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 and mum would go, ah, "No, nah, what are you talking about? And whatever it was that I would say, sometimes I'd tell the person, say, oh, I, you know, oh, are you expecting a baby or are you going to have a baby? No, no, no. no. Well, it would mostly always come to pass. <laughs> and But funnily enough, people would often go back to mum and dad or back to mum and say, do you remember what David told us at that barbecue? <laughs> That's all happened. It's come true and mum freaked out a little bit and yeah. i remember she said in those early days she said david who are you talking to like where are you getting this information from mm. who's telling you this and I said mum i don't know it's not i don't have a person sitting here talking to me i'm just all this knowledge comes into my head i can't explain it but i just i just get this knowledge and i just i've got to get it out i've got to speak about this mm. she said well look it just scares me a little bit you know <laughs> and i just don't know whether you should be doing it and uh, there was a stage there when little things seemed to be moving around in the house when she was there on her own. Oh. And she pulled me up one day and she said, hey, listen, you know, there's things seem to be happening here in the house and I, it's unnerving me a little. And I said, oh, what? I didn't understand what it was all about. So I sort of put the lid on it for a little while.
0: Mm.
1: But it didn't last long as the lid had to come off because <laughs> I thought I had all this stuff, yeah. you know, that was in me. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much how it all... Started for me.
0: So your parents weren't attuned in any way; weren't into this kind of stuff either.
1: No, honey, no, oh. no, they weren't. They weren't into. Um, I mean, mum and dad are very open to it. They mm. never tried to slam it out of me or to you know to keep me quiet. They didn't, and you know, and we were never overly religious people. I mean, as kids, we went to Sunday school. Mm. But you know what the funny thing is that reminds me. See, here we go on these tangents. <laughs> uh, we, you know, had, we were good kids. We had to go to Sunday school, which was Presbyterian church back then. And I can remember to this day going to Sunday school at the age of eight, nine, ten mm-hmm. years of age. Thinking what a waste of time this mm. is for me. Yeah. With great respect to religion and the church. Um I wasn't I'm not being disrespectful, but I used to go to this building on a Sunday morning with my siblings and sit there, and Mrs. Harris was our, our Sunday school teacher. I'll never forget, she was the most beautiful, beautiful lady. And Mrs. Harris would sit us down there and she'd read these little excerpts out of the Bible and we'd have a little Bible study course and things. And I, I used to almost like <laughs> yawn, look at my watch, it's like, can we go home now? Because this is There's more to this than this and I couldn't explain what it was but Mm. I thought this is just not, it's not me Mm. and I don't really belong here. I thought I'd rather be down on the beach or I'd rather be in the bush. I'd rather be connected to nature in some way that I just felt more at home there. Mm.
0: It's so funny that you were a little black sheep.
1: I was, honey. Oh, my (laughs) God, yeah. Died in the wall black, (laughs) you know. Because it was almost like, oh, there's Lynette, there's Trevor, there's Bruce and then there's David. (laughs) (laughs) But the funny thing is, I mean, I suppose like all families and all siblings, I mean, I, we're all different. Mm. Uh, I'm you know, very close to all of my siblings, but we're, we are all different versions, and I mean that's true of all of us, I guess. But I know my sister and my younger brother in particular; they were really into the sporting side of things, mm. and my uh, my middle brother not so much. But I certainly was not into into sporting any you know any position I played in football was left right out. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, <laughs> I was always the last to be chosen on the school team. It's yeah. just like, oh God, you know, do we have to play this? Do I? I don't want to do PE. You know, like I'm just not. I'm just. I want to use all the mind stuff. I want to read books. I want to really explore all that side of things. You know. I mean, sport sports are fantastic, but it's just not. I'd rather watch, you know. Or.
0: That's it, isn't it? You know, I was exactly the same. Really? and Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, do we have to do this? Yeah, I know, <laughs> I
1: know. And it's just like, oh, no, not PE. No, mm. not today. So, um, and then to follow on, you know, with your question about how it all really started for me, um, it's amazing because… There's a divine plan for all of us and, mm. and we don't realise just how, how subtle that divine plan comes about. And I guess uh, forwarding to probably my mid-20s, 26, 27 years of age, um, I can remember um, it's – I've got to tell you the fuddiest story. Actually, it was around the age of 26 because I had just become engaged to my um, beautiful now former wife, Lisa – and of course, you know, like a couple of younguns who were keen to, you know, uh, save up and save up for a house, and you know, get in, get on with their life. I thought, well, you know, we both had jobs, but I thought, oh, well, maybe I could go down to the pub and pull some beer and earn some extra money and do all that, could kick off like that. And she said, yeah, 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 I could maybe do that. And then one day, Lisa and her uh, her now late mum, her beautiful late mum, Frances. Um, they used to love going to the local markets. Mm. And when she dragged me out to the markets one day, I thought, God, I'm not into the markets. <laughs> oh, I'll come out to the markets. So we went out to the markets and it was Menangle Markets, I'll never forget, which is south of Campbelltown. And we went out to market to the markets one Sunday and as we walked around the markets, I said to Lisa, oh, oh, markets, let's go and get a reading. There's got to be a clairvoyant out here. Let's go and have a look. And we searched and searched up and down, no clairvoyants. And Lisa said, well, I wonder if they do have card readers out here. I said, well, I don't know. I said, well, why don't we go up to centre management and ask? So we went upstairs to centre management... ...and George S.R. King was the general manager for the markets. I'll never (laughs) forget George S.R. King. He was only a young guy and we knocked on the door and he said, yeah, come in. And we just said, look, we're just inquiring... ...do you ever have psychics or clairvoyants out here... ...because we're looking to get a reading done. No, God, no. He said, we can't seem to find anyone. We've had so many inquiries... ..you know, to do this. And Lisa just pushed me forward. She said, oh, my husband, my fiancé will do it. And I went, what? She said, no, you can do it. he went, oh, he said, can you read? I said, oh, yeah, well, not not really, you know. (laughs) And he said, oh, no, no, give it a go, give it a go. He said, you know, I said, oh, my God, I can't read for the public. Oh, give it a go. And Lisa said, he'll be fine. What time does he start next Sunday? (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, this is so going to make you laugh. I felt like a kid in a lemonade stand and I'll <laughs> tell you why. Oh, Bindy it was hilarious because the following Sunday I said, well, how much does it cost for a site? He said, oh, I th- think back then it was like $50 for the site for the yeah. day. And I said, what do I need? He said, well, whatever you need to set up for your business. He said, it's up to you. Well, it was so funny because um, another friend of mine who was also, uh, his name was David, and he read tarot cards mm. and I said, David, would you like to come out with me and do some card reading with me and I'll do some hand reading? Oh, yeah, I'll come out and give it a go. So he came out. He set up. We, we pulled up at this spot and there's markets, all holders everywhere and we just sat up with um, four chairs, two each and two for our clients, four chairs and two card tables and a glass of water. And I had a little sign made up and this is 1986. Um, it was a long, long time ago. <laughs> we set up and I had a little sign there, hand readings, $5. <laughs> you know, it was like a little <laughs> lemonade stand. <laughs> and it was $5 or $10, $5, $10. I think it was $5 and David was the same. Well, do you know what, Bindi, it was hilarious. The markets were packed, yeah. absolutely packed. Not one person sat down. You're joking. And I'm sitting there like, this is embarrassment. Oh, my God, this is embarrassing. And people are walking past. We're smiling and nodding. And I said, well, I'll go and get another cup of coffee. And I bought another cup of coffee and came and sat back down. And no sooner had I done that and a lady just came and plonked down right in front of me. No mm. one had sat in front of David. I was the first one that this lady sat down. So I said, okay. So I just did her little hand reading. I'm not I'm not a palmist, I can't even explain. I don't I've never studied palms, but I just somehow back in those days would pick up a person's um, ...hand, have a look at it, have a glance at it... ...and all this information would come out. Yeah. Well, I just channelled all this stuff and she went, oh, wow, oh, wow. I said, well, thank you and she paid me the $5. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she got up and as soon as she got up... ...all these people just swarmed around her. What was he like? Oh, my God, what was he like? What did he say? Blah, blah, blah. She went, oh, my God, that guy's amazing. Bang. Instant um cue. <laughs> so that was it and that's how it kicked off. And I think I worked out there for maybe about a year... And I remember in one on one Sunday alone I did 57 readings in one day oh. and it was crazy and we got out there early in the morning and by the time I left that afternoon I was hoarse. I virtually had no voice left and... When I got home, Lisa said, how did you go? I said, I did 57 readings today. And she said, oh, oh, I said, how much did you make? <laughs> but i got no voice. I don't care. How much did you make? It was just hilarious. And uh, hope you put the price on. Oh, yeah, I did. We did we did put the price out. I think it went a double to $10. <laughs> but the funny thing was, do you know what, and this is something, another message for our beautiful um, um, spiritual family out there that are, that are listening, Humble beginnings and, yeah. and very simple beginnings that you have no idea that it's preparing you for your future. I had mm. no idea back then. It was to me, it was a, a fun little thing to do on a Sunday, and I met an awful lot of people, and it was how uh, how it, it came about.
0: Yeah. You know? That's incredible.
1: It is. It is incredible. <laughs>
0: and look at you now. I know, my <laughs> gosh.
1: And uh, through the course of time, I was fortunate enough to meet a lady. Uh, by the name of Denise and uh, Denise became my great mentor and teacher mm. and uh, many people have heard the story of Denise <laughs> and, uh, and many haven't. So I'll, I will share it with you because it's, uh, it's quite worthwhile. I remember back then thinking to myself, my God, I'd love to meet a teacher. I'd love to meet a guide mm. and in Dawn's book, ...reaching for the other side, she spoke about how she met her guide David. Ironically enough Mm. his name was David and David, this beautiful spiritual guide of hers... ...just uh, sounded so inspiring and so helpful and I kept saying to the universe but who's my guide? Who's my teacher? Where's my teacher? And uh, as I said, back in those days there was no internet so I couldn't Google yeah. a local spiritual group or a meditation group that I could attend. I didn't know anyone. Yeah. And being a kid who had only – young guy who had only been in Sydney a short amount of time, I didn't really know that many people in what I called the work. Yeah. Well, um, I had the great fortune to uh, to meet Denise and I met her at the markets. At the, at oh, you
0: the, met her at the markets? Yeah, oh. yeah, I met
1: her at the markets and – she booked in and um, come and had a. She came and had a reading with me, and I never forget. Her um, her husband would stand there, and she kept looking at him, and she'd wink and and smile and nod at like what I was chatting about, and then she came and saw me at uh, at home mm. uh, for a private reading, and and that was incredible. I mean, Denise was just. <laughs> She was not what I was expecting because I was expecting somebody like Dumbledore out of Harry Potter <laughs> yeah. to turn up as my great spiritual guide Yeah. and mentor and teacher. I thought, oh, wow, you know, it wouldn't be great if I met somebody who was so masterful and, um, you know, so in tune and so aware that it could take me under his or her wing and uh, and guide me. Well, Denise showed up in my life but she was not was uh, what the <laughs> image that I was expecting because Denise... Um, was a beautiful soul. I use was in the in the past context because very sadly uh, Denise passed away probably 12, 13 years ago now. I can't remember exactly when, maybe a little longer. But um, she was the quintessential Ocker lady mm. from the western suburbs of Sydney out where I used to live at Campbelltown. And <laughs> she was a buxom lady, had her hair pulled back in a bun. And gosh, she was such a down-to-earth lady. And she taught me an awful lot of lessons and... Denise had three loves in life and she loved spirituality, Winfield Blue cigarettes and Tic Tacs. <laughs> <laughs> she always had a Winnie Blue out the corner of her mouth and uh, Winfield Blue, guys, for those of our international listeners that are listening thinking, what's a Winfield Blue? Winfield Blue was a c- is a cigarette brand here in Australia. And uh, the Tic Tacs, I think everyone knows what a Tic Tac is and she had a peppermint Tic Tac in one side of the mouth. Uh. A Winfield Blue cigarette hanging out the corner of the mouth and... And she was just uh, a, a, an amazing lady and uh, she was, uh, she used to say, love, I'm telling you, I can hear this and I can <laughs> see this. And and when I did the first reading for her, she said to me, love, she said, love, who's that bloke standing beside you? And That's how she used to speak. She was so funny. And I said, oh, I don't know. I haven't got a clue. She said, well, love, he's the one, he's the one, he's your guide and he's one of your guides and... He's telling me to tell you, tell you, <laughs> that one day you'll be reading flowers for thousands of people. And I went, what? Come again? <laughs> flower? <laughs> I said, wow, that's impressive. Who's your drug dealer? <laughs> she said, love, I'm serious. I'm telling you. And I went, flower reading? What are you talking about? Oh, love. She said, flower reading's a beautiful thing and I've been involved in it for a lot of years. And you know what? I reckon you should come to my place on a Tuesday night and we'll we'll talk about <laughs> your readings <laughs> and how you can do your readings and I went oh okay and I thought oh okay and uh, it was so funny she said love can we go out to your veranda because I want to have a cigarette and I want to tell you more and I went oh okay wow okay cool so we went out to my front veranda and she lit up another, another winnie blue and she's sitting there and she's coughing and spluttering she goes uh, she's blowing out the cigarettes blowing out the cigarette and she said to me love She said, I reckon you should come to my place next Tuesday night. And I said, why is that? And she goes, she said, I run a healing group, (laughs) a healing group. And she's puffing away like a bushfire in a hot westerly. Oh, my Uh. God, it was hilarious. (laughs) And uh, I went, really? She said, yeah. (laughs) It's hilarious. So I thought, okay, well, I'll come over because I was intrigued. And I Mm. thought, oh, maybe this lady could teach me something or guide me towards what I should be doing. So, of course, the following Tuesday night I went over to her place and arrived there and she had a group of people sitting in the lounge room and everyone had these little paper bags with flowers on in them and, you know, numbers and symbols and things. And she said, love, and I walked in and it was so funny, um, Bindi, oh, my God. This is back in the 80s and I think every second person smoked. Yeah. And back in those days I think the group that I went over and visited uh, with that night... Half of them were chain smokers. And when I walked in, I could barely see anyone. And I didn't know whether they were ghosts or real people. All (laughs) I could see was silhouettes in the lounge room. Oh, hello, it is a real person. I'm just blowing the smoke away. And they go, oh, g'day, mate, sit down. Oh, my God. I walked home smelling like an RSL club Mm. disco that night. God almighty, the smoke. But the funny thing, and she's, oh, it's all right, love. We just sit here and have a puff before we go out the back and do the healing. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. And it was so funny. And um, and when it all started for me, um, I thought, Okay, cool. So what do I do now? Well, um, you just get a flower and you pull it out of the bag and hold it up your third eye and focus on it and it'll talk to you. I said, oh, wow, how cool. So I pulled this flower out of the bag, held it up to my third eye and never said a bloody word, did it? And the flower's just sitting there. I was waiting for this flower to talk to me like she said it would. And I said, honey, the flower's not telling me anything. And she's sitting there puppy way. She said, Shh i blowing the smoke out of her mouth. She said, love, she said, you're not focusing. And I said, <laughs> but I am focusing. <laughs> she said, well, you're not focusing, love. But she said, it's all right. You just keep focusing. It'll come to you. <laughs> and I said, okay. And this went on for a week or two. And I said, look, you know, um, maybe you should teach me something else. Maybe like runes or cards or crystals. I don't, what else can I read? No, nah, love, I'm telling you. She said, your flowers. She said, that's your destiny. And I'm well, it's not working for me. She said, it's all right, love. She said, you're coming on nicely. And then <laughs> one week there, I think I saw a waterfall or some damn thing in someone's reading. That's all I got. And she said, love, I'm telling you, see, I'm telling you, you're coming on just nicely, nicely. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God. But funny thing was, again, that's how it kicked off for me. Yeah. And I just, um, I had no idea that that's what, um, that was my destiny. And, and the funny thing was, I guess, and in all, in all the funny stuff aside, that lady was phenomenal with her knowledge. And back then, she was one of Sydney's finest trans mediums. And uh, I was, you know, I felt quite uh, honoured and privileged to be in her presence because the stuff that she would bring through was phenomenal mm. absolutely phenomenal. And being a trans medium, and for those uh, of our lovely listeners and not quite sure what a trans medium is, Denise would often sit there in trance and bring a beautiful spirit through and they would channel through. And I can remember um, one particular time she brought through uh, a captain of a a ship.
0: Wow. And
1: and when um, she would bring this through, uh, she would just, her voice—it's funny. It was Denise's voice, but it was not her voice. And yeah. It was the, and and do you know how he used to speak like "hello, how are you going?" Yeah. Well, suddenly she would just bring through this beautiful, deep, commanding voice, and wow. would just say, "Good evening, everybody. This is the captain here." And uh, and he would um, proceed to give us an address. And and if there was a new person in the room, he would always make reference to that person, saying, "Welcome, my dear friend. It's nice to see you here." And he'd point. And uh, he would give them a little bit of a reference about where they are on their path and journey. Wow! And often he would he would come through and say, "Well, uh, we know we. I hope we meet again. But if not, my dear friend, I wish you well on your journey." And the person would often be just blown away with what they'd heard. And uh, and she bought through all these beautiful different entities. And after about maybe fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, often um, I remember the captain would say. I feel the vessel is starting to tire, so it's time to say goodbye. Oh. Which meant that Denise's body uh, was getting tired because it's very, very draining on your yeah. energy uh, for to bring an entity into your body and to, to channel through like that. And as I said, Denise wasn't exactly uh, the most <laughs> the healthiest person back mm. then, but you know she was a brilliant channel. Wow! And uh, and that's how it all happened. And um, I was in awe. I was just awe struck and thinking, oh my god, like how wonderful it would be. To be like her and to do this work, mm. but at the end of the day, um, I'm meant to do the work that I'm doing now, and in the way, in the format that I'm doing because I love it, mm. and I can. Never, I'll never forget. You're gonna love this. It was so <laughs> funny. I hadn't. I was all starstruck. You know, being under this lady's guidance. And one day I was just sitting in her kitchen, and she invited me around for a cup of coffee and a bit of a chin wag on a weekend and. We're sitting there in the kitchen. She's puffing away in a cigarette and she looks at me and she goes to me. She says, love, let me ask you something. (laughs) In her beautiful (laughs) Aussie accent. She said, let me ask you something. And I said, what's that? She said, love, your head's all buggered. I went, what? She said, your head's all bugged What have you done to your head? Your head's all buggered. Well, of course, I roared laughing. I said, what do you mean my head's all buggered? I said, everyone reckons my head's buggered. She said, your head's all buggered up. What have you done to your head? I said, nothing. She said, well, darling, she said, you've done something to it because, she said, all your energy's broken. I can see it round the top. And I thought for a minute and I thought, oh, um, oh, well, possibly. And she said, what? I said, well, the only thing I can think of, in all seriousness, um, Denise, is that I remember when I was six years of age, I actually had a major accident. She said, yeah. what happened? I said, well, I fell off the balcony of mum and dad's house um, that they had built and uh, they didn't didn't have a railing on at the time. The house was still being built and I landed head first on the footpath down below and I smashed my head open. Oh. I had about 22 stitches in my head. the doctors couldn't believe how I didn't fracture my skull, but I didn't. And it's so funny because it's possibly the earliest memory i have of my life because i can oh. remember lying there not feeling any pain but i remember feeling really wet it mm. was all the blood mm. and i remember my late grandfather was um, he and my late grandmother were uh, visiting from victoria and they were the first ones down the steps because they heard heard me fall yeah mum was screaming at the top and i'll never forget it was my father's father and he leaned over uh leaned over me he had a pipe Yep. And he didn't even touch me. He had the pipe and he took the pipe out of his mouth and he looked at me and he looked up at mum and he said, Margaret, don't worry, he'll be all right. Don't (laughs) worry, don't worry, love. And they carted me off to hospital and stitched me up. And, of course, I (laughs) I recovered after that. And I think it must have been about... Maybe three, four, five years after that, I started to feel these, you know, these spiritual things. And do you know what Denise said to me? She said, love, that accident, you landed on your head. You've smashed your crown chakra open and that's your connection to the universe. I went, what? She said, that's what's happened. She said, that's why you've got this connection, this knowledge. Now, I have since, you know, I mean, gosh, that was many years ago and I've since read, you know, stories, biographies of psychics and mediums. So many people have had head trauma.
0: Really? And
1: after the head trauma, it's opened up their third eye. That's wow. it. Yeah, that's right. That's so incredible. It is. It is. And I like, oh, my God. So, honey, if you'd like to do what I do, I've got a cricket bat in the I'll give you a whack over the head. <laughs> Better watch myself. I, yeah, yeah. I need a sidekick. You know, I need to franchise myself. I'm too busy. <laughs> I I'm, can already, do
0: a, I'm already bringing you the words.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. You're doing really well as well. So there you go. So.
0: Wow, that's incredible.
1: Mm, it is, oh. and it's so funny because uh, just to quickly follow on, just from that, I you know I started to at Denise's house. We used to meet every Tuesday night, all our, our little group, and her house became like church to me. Yeah. I thought, oh my god, I used to go along with this like a big sponge, like, and I I can remember the uncanny thing was often I'd think, oh i got a question for Denise next mm. Tuesday night. Oh, something else popped in my head. I swear to God, often I would pop up and she said, love, there's a book you need to read. I thought, that's the question I had for you. It's almost like she preempted what yeah. I was wanting to learn and know. And oh, my God, the stuff that she used to share with me and uh, you know, the, the books and things. It was just extraordinary. And I remember when she said to me one time, do you know, love, she said, you should have a little bit of a practice with your friends. get your mum and dad to invite some people over and uh, and do a little reading for them a little flower reading well, oh God I don't know about that <laughs> and you know what that's what used to happen and um mum and dad you know they were quite open to it you know by that stage and Mum went what what do you want me to do? And I said, Mum, just get some friends over and we'll have a little flower reading. Well, my God, you know what? Talk about a hit! <laughs> Whenever there was a little barbecue, or a little friend, a little friendship gathering, Mum would say, "Oh, would you mind reading our flowers for us?" Because you know everyone's saying, "Oh, it's so cool the way David reads flowers at the end of the barbecue." Yeah, okay, it was a bit of a bit of a, you know, a laugh, a drink, and a giggle.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and we had fun. It was all very light hearted. But you know, Bindi, little did I realise it was the beginning of my apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. Because I was not training in this to become what I am today or to do what I am today. It was just a bit of a laugh and a giggle. And, but there was something in it. Mm-hmm. But, but I never thought, but you know, I thought, look, I've, I've still got a career. I, uh, back then I had just started in the newspaper industry and uh, commenced a, a, a fabulous new career in that which I loved and adored. I worked in the advertising field for quite a number of years and uh, was in the media for, for quite a long time. And I absolutely loved it. So all the spiritual stuff was oh, it's just a little bit of a voice in the back in the background. It was on my shoulder. I haven't got time to talk to you. I'll talk later on. I've got a newspaper to run, or you know, I've got some advertising to do, and just run off and do my other things. And as I did back in that those early married days, you know, we had mm. a, we had a, quite a busy and exciting life. But the spiritual side was always there, but it never came out. ...the way that I expected it to.
0: Mm. And you must have had some incredible experiences in, in readings with people. Is there yeah. anything that really yes. stands out for you?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. I've got to tell you, back in the early days just when I met Denise... ...I call this one of my famous stories. And this completely blew me away. Um, not long after I met Denise, she said, love, just start practising. You know, practise with, with some people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, word got out about this young guy doing readings and back then I used to do, <laughs> I was like a doctor, I'd do little house calls, <laughs> 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 much like what I do now but in a different way and people might have, you know, two or three or four people there and I'd sit there and read their hands. And do you know what? There was a time, one time, and I sat down in front of a lady and all—I as soon as I closed my eyes, all I saw was a jewellery box mm. and the lid was open And there was all these jewels that were just falling out of the box. Yep. And there were strands of pearls and diamonds and there were um, emeralds and there were rubies – sorry, emeralds and sapphires. But right on the top of all these jewels was one single bright red ruby right Mm. in the middle, just on its own, but all the other jewels all splayed out out of the box. I said to the lady, I explained what I'd seen. I said, what does this mean? She said, I haven't got a clue. I said, okay. Then I got on with the reading. That was fine. Cool. And then the next person came in. Closed my eyes. First image. Jewellery box. I said, are you with the jewellery box? No. Nope. What? Then the next person thought, this is nuts. Anyway, okay, thank you. I never thought any more about it. And back in those days, I wasn't certainly wasn't doing readings every night. You know, I might have been probably half a dozen readings a month or something like that. Just a little bit of a fun thing. But for the next six weeks or so, every single person I sat in front of, as soon as I closed my eyes, that's the first image I got, and it drove me nuts. I wow. thought, why, why am I getting the same message for every person? And this, this is nuts. It doesn't mean anything to anyone, but it's driving me crazy. So I rang Denise. Mm. I said, Denise, because she always said to me, love, if you've ever got any questions... Come and ask me yep. and I'll help you as a teacher. Mm. So I rang her up and I said, you know, Denise, I do need to come and have a coffee, coffee with you. I've got something to ask you. Yeah, sure, love. Come on over. So I went over to her place. Oh, my freaking God, you'll never believe what happened. We just sat down in the kitchen. She made me a nice coffee and we sat there and had a chat. She said, how are you going with your work? And I said, look, I've you know, got a few little readings coming up here and there, but Denise... ...the last six weeks I'm getting the same message for every single person... ...and it's driving me nuts because how could that be... ...especially when the message means nothing to any of them. And She said, well, what's the message? I said, well, look, I'll tell you what I've got. I've got an image of a jewellery box. And she just looked at me, starey-eyed, and said, what? I said, I've got an image of a jewellery box. And I said, and the lid's open. And she went, yeah? And I looked at her and I thought, oh, she's had this really surprised look on her face... And I said, it's a beautiful jewellery box, the lid's open. And I said, there's all these jewels, um, you know, splashed out all over the side and hanging down the side. And she put her hand up to her mouth and said, oh, my God, what, what, what was it? What, what was in there? I said, well, there's strands of pearls, there's like diamond necklaces, earrings. And I said, there's um, diamonds. And I said, there's sapphires and there's emeralds. And she held her breath and went, <gasps> like that. And she said, anything else? I said, well, just one bright red ruby at the top. And she lost it. She went, oh, my God. And she just got up and ran. She went straight to the phone. And back in the days when we had landlines, yeah. she had a wall phone. She didn't say a single word to me. She started to cry. And she's just dialing this number. And she's said to this lady hi love it's me oh my god and she said and the lady obviously said are you okay she said honey i'm fine i'm crying but i'm just ringing to let you know honey i'm just ringing to let you know we just oh, we've just got the message from carol and i'm thinking what and she said i know love she said oh my god she said it's just come through now she said it's come through my lovely friend david who you've not yet met he's only a young guy Oh, I know, love. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. She said, it's just what we've been waiting for. Oh, she said, love, I've got so much to tell you and talk to you about. She said, but look, honey, I better let you go. I've got my poor friend David sitting in the kitchen here who hasn't got a clue what I'm waffling on about. And she's laughing and crying. She said, we never thought we'd hear, did we? Well, she said, we've got the message today. She said, so, love, let me call you back later. I love you. Bye. And she hung up. Now, I'm sitting in the kitchen. She walked in behind me and she leant over behind me, put her arms across my chest and squeezed me and kissed me on the top of the head and she held me tight. She said, darling, you have no idea what you've just done, what you've just said. And I said, please fill me in. It means Mm. nothing to me. She said, she sat down, she'd wiped the tears out of her eyes and she said, you are not going to believe what's happened. And I said, what? She said about five or six years ago, there was a lady by the name of Carol... And the lady I just spoke to, her name was Mary. And there was Carol, Mary and I. We called ourselves the three musketeers and we did a lot of spiritual mediumship work together. And she said, um, sadly, Carol passed away and she had cancer. And she said, just before she passed away, she called Mary and I to her bedside and asked us to draw the curtain around her in the hospital. And she said, I need to speak to you two privately and confidentially. And they said, sure. And she said, you know... I'm about to pass from this world. I'm about to say goodbye to this earthly plane. So she said, I'll tell you what I've decided to do. She said, if what we believe to be the truth, that life exists after we pass, and if it, if it exists in the format and in the way that we believe it to be, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to come back to one of you in the form of a jewellery box.
0: And what? I'll tell
1: you Why? And they looked at it and she said, ''The jewellery box will be a jewellery box and the lid will be open.'' which means that the jewellery box is my vessel but I'm open and all the jewels will represent all the jewels of wisdom and all the pearls of wisdom that we've accumulated oh. and learnt all through the course of our life. And there will be pearls, there will be diamonds, there will be sapphires and there will emeralds but there will only be one single red ruby at the top of all that to signify my heart and my love for you both. Oh. And I will give this message to somebody who you've not yet met and they will bring the message to you.
0: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) And that happened to me when I was about 27, 28 years of age. Wow. And she just – I was completely gobsmacked and blown away, still am to this day. And she said, honey, Carol was at you and at you and at you. She
0: didn't give up to you. She didn't give up (laughs) and I
1: didn't see her, I didn't hear her. I just kept getting this image of the jewellery box. It was like looking at a picture. It's like – there's a jewelry box here again, what about you? So she just knew that if i she kept bombarding me i, I she knew that I yeah. would go to Denise for some direction yeah. and deliver the yeah. message wow. that was it. so she hugged me, she said, "Honey, honey, honey, haven't you got a divine connection and that's when I realized I guess that was the pinnacle moment for me when I thought yeah. there's something in this, yeah, something that made no sense to me, but I delivered the message mm. you know
0: so. and and guys, like listening to David like. Hey you know I've been talking a lot this week <laughs> and um, one of the things that you said to me is is it's about trusting in that and not letting not analyzing those messages when right. they come through it's trusting in it and not trying to let your ego get in the way Oh God no and no. and I think that's a big part of it is mm. actually. Massive. Understanding what that message is and, and what you have to do with it.
1: Absolutely massive because, I mean, where a lot of people go wrong is like, oh, that's ridiculous and no, that's silly, that's stupid and they would just shut it off yeah, and block it off and it's like, oh, there's that stupid message again, now block it, now let's get into you and and not realising that there was a, there was an amazing validation for them mm. as well as the recipient of the message, mm. you know, validation that, hey, there's just something magical that's happening here Yeah, and there's just something that, you know, we can all tune into and know and it's, as I said, to this very day I still sit in awe. I'll never forget that moment in her kitchen when she just burst into tears and just took off and rang this lady who mm. I'd never heard of and she didn't even sit there and explain. She just took off. It's like <gasps> she had to deliver the message to her friend Mary who incidentally I did meet sometime oh, later wow. on. Yeah, I eventually got. She lived in a little town called Corindai in central western New South Wales and I met her at a at another spiritual function a year or two later And it was just like meeting two old friends because Denise said, oh, you two need to meet and she came running up to me. She said, oh, my God, you're David, I've heard all about you and, oh, my God, your message from our dear friend Carol. She said, look, Denise and I are, you know, mediums and we we know and understand how this work works but to have that message from our comrade and dear friend who, you know, validated, it's like, hey, guys, everything we believe, everything that we teach, everything that we follow is true Mm. on this side yeah so just uh, just extraordinary,
0: and you know what, ever since I met you, the stories you tell like you just sit here on the edge of your seat, like if, if you if you had a camera on me right now, it would have been me with my my face gobsmacked, yeah, like just I know. going, "What's it going to be?" I know. I, What's it yeah, be? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm
1: sitting here looking at. Yeah, this is we're sitting here in Bindi's recording studio, guys, and it's just like a little radio station. We're sitting here looking at each other. and I'm watching your expressions, and <laughs> it's just hilarious. It's just beautiful. beautiful, I'm Like on
0: beautiful, the edge beautiful. of my seat. Come on, what is it <laughs> Yeah, Oh
1: my god, what else is there? But. Um, as you can appreciate, gosh, the the stories, my God, there are so many and over the course of time we'll be sharing them and unlocking a few and few bits and pieces along the way.
0: We're just chipping the surface, David, and, and there's much more to come, so stay tuned guys, there's much more in oh, this
1: story. There is, guys, and this is only episode one. Mm. <laughs> I hope you've got a whole lifetime ahead of you guys, you're <laughs> going to need it, you know, you're going to need it. Boy, we've got lots of things to cover.
0: We sure do. Thank you for listening to the Inspiring Soul Speaker podcast. For more information about David's work, visit InspiringSoulSpeaker.com.